The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, everyone. This is Galen McDowell. I'm your host, and I am the executive minister and senior assistant minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Today, I'm starting a new series that I'm really excited about, and I had to get the perfect guest for it. So today's uh, series, or this is the first of a couple of series on the evolution of new thought. And to talk about the evolution of new thought, I wanted to bring someone that I've just recently got acquainted with and uh, love uh, some of the work that was presented to me. And I want to introduce him to you all and hopefully you can get something from his work and help us evolve this new thought so it could be everything that it needs to be for everyone. So without further ado, I'm introducing to you all as my audience uh, the Reverend Dr. Raymond Anderson. How you doing there, uh, Dr. Anderson? I am exceptionally well and honored to be here with you. Have been following you and your amazing work for several years now. So, like, it's it's we we here now. We here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like the Drake song, we started from the bottom. Now I'm here. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, uh, Amen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so before we get into the questions, uh, Dr. Anderson, I would like to um, give you an opportunity just to let people know uh, who you are, where you're from, and you know, and how did you get in the position of being a, a, a leader in New Thought? Okay, sounds good. So I am currently the senior minister of the Center for Spiritual Living, Greater Baltimore. Have been in that role for two and almost two and a half years now and have been involved in new thought for um, i'm not even sure quite some time um i'm an ordained minister several times over was initially ordained as a christian minister just so i could argue the bible with some family members who were were determined that we were going to hell in a handbasket so i'm like look come on now you're missing the point of what yeshua was talking about yeah. So then I became an interfaith minister a couple of times and then, you know, circled back around. and was like, look, I'm in I'm in this new thought thing. So I'm, I'm it's time to do it. It's time to, for, you know, for real be about it. And so my thing now, it's sort of like my uh, 
my clarion call of purpose is getting us to the point where we understand what new thought is and stop watering it down so it's all about gumdrops, cotton candy, daffodils, and unicorns. Like it's time to, you know, really, really do what we understand this teaching can do. So that's where I am right now. Beautiful, beautiful. So uh, I ran across an article that you wrote on um, harvbishop.com uh, mm-hmm. called New Thought Should Not Be a Safe Haven for the Comfortable. And it really impacted me because um, I've been having conversations with some of my New Thought friends, and I've mentioned right. it in a, in, a, in a couple of places when I'm teaching out and about, now not out and about on Zoom, now <laughs> pretty much everything is Zoom, about right. what I <laughs> just called for myself a few years back, New Thought 2.0. And what mm-hmm. I call New Thought 2.0 for is uh, the understanding that New Thought even though it is uh, about the revelation of God in the individual, it doesn't have to mm-hmm. stop there. Uh, right. And I use the example of when, you know, old 1.0 new thought was from my perspective, I'm not saying I'm right mm-hmm. or wrong. This is my perspective. Mm-hmm. If we want the block to be clean, everybody goes out in front of their house and they clean up in front of their house. Mm-hmm. New Thought 2.0 could be everybody goes out and cleans out cleans in front of their house, and then they look over and see if their neighbor needs help. Amen. And and I think that you know that way New Thought doesn't unintentionally become self centered. So when right. you wrote this article, New Thought should not be a safe haven for the comfortable. It really landed with me. And you start talking about you know a lot of things you know that you know you know, racism and other issues mm-hmm. that can show up in any religious movement. And I right. just want you to talk a little bit about um, what was your intention behind writing the article, New Thought Should Not Be a Safe Haven for the Comfortable? Ooh, okay, yes. <laughs> so uh, let me let me warn your listeners right now, this might be a little bit uncomfortable, but trust and believe that in the end it will demonstrate that We are now at a time of great opportunity. You know, in CSL, our vision is a world that works for all. And so we're at a great opportunity to really do what you just expressed, New Thought 2.0. If I come out of my house and I see, like right now, we're buried under snow. If I come outside of my house and I only shovel my snow, but I don't focus on the neighbor across the street, then what I'm engaging in, what I call it, is spiritual masturbation. I'm focusing solely on what's good for me. Rugged individualism, that era is over. That era of rugged individualism is what created the wild, wild west that killed the Native Americans, put the Chinese on the railroad and killed them, and then chattel slavery. Rugged individualism is over. It's a collective consciousness. This is where we are now. So the purpose of the article was to stir a little trouble to get there. There's an old Negro spiritual wade in the water, wade in the water, children, wade in the water. God's going (laughs) to trouble the waters. And it's in those troubled waters. It's in the waters that are no longer placid and calm and quiet that healing occurs. Purpose of the article was to stir the water so that healing, truth, could actually be disseminated into the world so people can start shifting. Yes. So um, one of the things that you wrote in that article was, and this is a quote because I'm reading it now, Mm -hmm. 
uh, you start talking about spiritual bypass. You said spiritual bypass mm-hmm. and spiritual malpractice are running rampant in many centers and churches simply because people do not want to engage in the challenging and cora- courageous conversations. Why? And could you mm-hmm. talk a little bit about what you consider spiritual bypass and spiritual malpractice? Yes, sir. I'm so glad you asked that because I just watched a conversation uh, on Facebook earlier today where one of the speakers basically made the comment and said, if you stop looking for it, whatever it is, if you stop seeking it, then it will no longer show up. And her example was referencing homophobia, her being a lesbian woman who's married to another lesbian woman. And she said that when she removed the inner homophobia, there was no longer in her experience homophobia, like no homophobes would show up to her. She wouldn't see any more homophobic posts on Facebook, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And my concept is, okay, so I I understand. But so what you're saying is, Because I, myself, personally, do not have a knee on my neck. That means no one has a knee on their neck. And because I don't experience it, I shouldn't be concerned about the George Floyds in the world who do experience it. That's naive and it's immature. It is spiritual malpractice and bypass. Anytime we are using our spiritual technology and teachings to victimize other people, to to make them the victim, Jack Canfield posted something, not sure when, but it says, you create everything that happens to you. It is only by acknowledging that you have created everything up until now that you can take charge of creating the future you want. Would you tell that to your daughter who was raped? You created everything that happens to you, honey. Okay, uh, George Floyd and your family, you created everything that happens to you. That's immature and it's irresponsible spiritual practice. That's malpractice and bypass. Beautiful, beautiful. I um, remember when uh, uh, Laquan McDonald was shot uh, by a police officer 16 times. I don't know if you've heard that in the news. It was kind of yeah. everywhere yeah. at the time mm-hmm. a few years back. And mm-hmm. I remember going down to, you know, we I was a part of, you know, many religious uh, leaders marching downtown Mm -hmm. to bring attention to the situation and i can remember having a conversation with my good friend uh reverend lola wright and Mm -hmm. and i said to her you know and and she you know she's quite the ally to say the least Uh, i said to her you know the, the the problem with how sometimes new thought is taught is i don't believe a person should have to be a mystic to get uh to get justice Right. And, and, and my point was, OK, I can work on my consciousness to a point to where maybe the things that don't happen to many people who look like me doesn't happen. However, right. the other person doesn't have to even do any work to get the same experience. Mm-hmm. That's when it's out of balance. Right. So so, yes, we want to teach people to uh, uh, take back control of their lives which i think was the original intent of new thought which was okay right. stuff happens but you always have agency you always have power take your power right. back right and it turned into people using it to point a finger and blame uh i don't know right. if you're aware of this and we can talk about this a little bit later and drill down on it but um 
it was a book that was written uh, called The Unity Movement by Neil. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But I think it's Vale, V-A-H-L-E. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously uh, Johnny Coleman used to be a unity minister before she mm-hmm. created the Universal Foundation for Better Living. And she dealt right. with the racism of her day with unity. And yep. in the article, it, because it's a chapter on blacks and unity, one of the prominent New Thought unity ministers of unity, I mean, of all time, Ernest Wilson actually wrote an mm-hmm. article and he was basically saying that, you know, the, the, the black American, he didn't use that term, I don't know what term he used, right. had to rise in consciousness to the space of being able to accept uh, and live at the level of white Americans. It was, it was exceptionally insultive because it's basically like all these people are in this position, all of them, mm-hmm. because of their consciousness, not because they're right. being oppressed by somebody else. And I, right. you know, and I was like, this is what Johnny Coleman actually had to, to this is what she had to study. This yeah. guy was a leader <laughs> while she was trying to get right. the truth to bring it back uh, for uh-huh. herself first and then bring it back to the African-American community in Chicago. It was amazing mm-hmm. when I read the article. I was like, OK, mm-hmm. this is what she was really dealing with. And this is right. what people uh, were dealing with for decades that nobody right. talked about. And, and don't you find it interesting? In an article. That, right. And I find it interesting that oftentimes when I hear people say that exact concept, that exact paradigm, they never, I've never in my 54 years heard anyone use that same argument for the Jews in the Holocaust. Right. I've only heard it used for black and brown people. Right. That's right. interesting. Because if you're yeah. going to say you are a victim because of your consciousness, because of the, the thoughts you hold in mind, then that works for everyone everywhere throughout time. Not just yes. pull yourself up by your bootstraps and elevate your consciousness, black people. If you meditate more, then you will have all of the things that white people around the world have. That's immature. Yeah, and it, put, and it puts a false standard out into the world that – that your life should be judged by somebody else's demonstration anyway, which is a whole different exactly. conversation for another exactly. day. <laughs> maybe, maybe we might we'll be able to tackle that, but I don't know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because yes. I think comparison is also a problem because, yes. you know, and, and, and please jump in, you know, from the standpoint of instead of seeking what spirit is seeking to express through you. And I'm not saying you can't choose because I'm a big believer in the active and passive side of new thought. There's an active affirming, you know, visualize, get your good, make the demonstration. And there's a be still and know that I am God aspect of new thought where you're just a vessel and conduit for spirit. I don't think it's either or it's both. Exactly. The question comes into play is, but when you're looking at what the next man or woman uh, might be doing with their lives and what we're not, even thinking about what's authentic to ourselves. So we're not living our own authentic lives. Can you speak a little bit about that in the context of context of this spiritual malpractice? Yeah. So, and that, thank you for that, because that is very important because oftentimes we don't really understand that it is a both and in, in specifically in CSL religious science, you know, we use the phrase treat and move your feet. You know, there are Amish folks who will say pray and then act, you know, pray, get up and then move. So there has to be the element of when am I now called to act? If there's a if there's a musician who has has a song playing in their head, but they never sit down to the piano and hit the keys and cause the strings to vibrate. 
then the song never gets heard. It never gets expressed. So there has to be a balance between. One of the things that you mentioned is this idea of we compare, and it's part of our culture, is we compare ourselves with the Joneses all the time. It's like, look at their yard. The grass is always greener in their yard. We need to do something about our yard. And we compare. Well, this minister is better than me, or your minister is better than our minister, or your church is bigger and better and more affluent than our church, versus simply saying, what is mine to do? Like in this grand scheme of things, if we're recognizing that spirit is all there is and it is showing up in through and as me, then that means I have a particular space that is mine to express. I need not be the next Johnny Coleman. I need not be the next Ernest Holmes. I simply need to be the first and only Raymond Anderson. That's all I need to do. Right. Now, I can follow in there per se footsteps like there's an old Japanese haiku that says, I do not seek to follow in the footsteps of the men of old, but I seek the things they sought. Right? right. So I'm seeking to know how and where this space of God is in me, through me and as me. But I don't need to do it the exact same way that someone else did. Charles and Myrtle, they were their own individuals. I need not do exactly what they did. And when I compare right. myself to them, then I'm going to keep my – I'm putting them on a pedestal, which means either they're going to fall off, I'm going to knock them off, or I'm going to try to take their position and be better than them or somehow elevate my spirituality. If I get three more parking spaces than Reverend Galen, then I'm doing this spiritual thing right. Yeah. R really? <laughs> right? What, yeah. What? Wait a minute. That's not necessary. Right. But we do it. Right. And because right. we're trying to do that, then we bypass what the actual practice really is or could be. Right, right. You know, what you just said reminded me of a favorite scene in one of my favorite movies. You don't know this, but I'm a big martial art buff. I'm, you know, I'm, yep, a kung fu, I'm a kung fu stylist. I actually, yeah. you know, I'm actually Black Sash. I know how to do the staffs Ooh. and the swords, all that stuff. And uh, so I'm a big Bruce Lee fan. Big Bruce okay. fan. And in End of the Dragon, he says to a little boy when he's trying to teach them how to kick at the temple, yep, he said, I know, right? Where are you going? Yep. <laughs> it's like a finger pointing at the moon. If you concentrate on the finger, you miss all the heavenly glory. Amen. And instead of looking at these leaders and these uh, what we call scriptures and, and holy books and literature as fingers pointing at the moon, we mm -hmm. concentrate on the finger. It's all about yep, what yep. Ernest Holmes, Johnny Coleman, uh, Charles Fillmore, Joe Goldsmith, Neville, and we become yep. fundamentalists when Based they weren't the fundamentalists. They had principles right. that guided them, but they were always right. growing. And right. you can even notice it when you listen or read their material. You can see yeah, it was some fundamental thread. It was a fundamental foundation of new thought, but it was always mm -hmm. evolving in their own unique way. Because right. they were individuals, so can right. can you just speak a little bit more about, um, you know, how does that how does that look as if if we're gonna evolve new thought? How do you turn it into your new thought? Because I always tell people I have my own new thought. Now I teach, right. what I teach is consistent with what we espouse in UFBL, uh, mm -hmm. because that's integrity. I don't think you should teach in an organization something that you don't believe. I think if you right, don't believe right. it, you should go do your own thing. <laughs> but right. you know, you know, I don't, I, you know, I can't show up here talking about, you know, I'm teaching Taoism and it's supposed to be a new thought church. I'm not saying that it's not a place for <laughs> right. it, but don't call it right. new thought. 
So so how does how do you turn it into mind new thought? So first of all, I have a completely new, different love and appreciation for you, knowing that we both love martial arts, kung fu, Bruce Lee, etc. I just got, dude, thank you so much for that. I love you. You're welcome. Um, you know. But I, so I'm going to use it, use that as the example because Bruce Lee studied Wing Chun, and right. yet he then created Jeet Kune Do, which was based on the foundation of Wing Chun. Right. So we have a foundation. We have whatever new thought, particular path, whether it's unity religious science, divine science, whatever the foundation is. But what are we now called to do with it? When I was a public school teacher, I used to teach art in Pittsburgh. It's not my job to teach my students how to draw, paint, sculpt exactly like me. I teach you the foundational stuff of Michelangelo and da Vinci, et cetera, and then help you find your own voice using those masters of art, sculpture, photography, et cetera, as the foundation. Ernest Holmes said that we're supposed to be open at the top. We should be evolving, not always going back saying, well, but Ernest Holmes said, and Emma Curtis Hopkins said, and Neville Goddard said, and Charles Fillmore said, yeah, they did say it, but what's it mean to you? How do you, through the filter of your life and the intersectionality of you, how do you live that? Because if you're not living it, then you're talking about water. And talking about water... Agua, Mizu, Vasser, talking about water and drinking water are two completely different things. Right, right, right. I think it, 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 it makes a difference. When I was much, much younger, I remember that uh, Black Bell Magazine had made this, uh, had reprinted an article from Bruce Lee from like 1972, a year before he made mm-hmm. his transition. Mm-hmm. And it was, and I don't have anybody, you can Google it, you can look it up. It's on Black Bell's magazine's website it's called liberate mm-hmm. yourself from classical karate yeah and what bruce lee I was just trying one. to do in the article was make people mm-hmm. think for themselves outside of the patterns use it as a yep. fundamental fundamental yep. fundamental base but then yep this is how you expand from it and when i remember reading that article in my early 20s i said this is a this argument is the same argument for religious freedom it's the exactly. exact same argument yeah and uh you know, because when you understand that self-expression uh, is not based upon um, patterns of the past, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 it's almost like we want to recycle our mm-hmm. our religion, recycle our whatever we do, and that doesn't mean you can't learn from the past. Obviously, you, you do. You got you have to have right. fundamentals. You know, you you are a school teacher. You don't walk into a sec, second grade class and start teaching astrophysics. Right. There's steps. <laughs> right. To things. Exactly. You know, it's no different than people show up and said, "I heard about Neville on the internet. Teach me how to manifest a Rolls Royce." Eh, right. We got some steps to do first. Uh, can you pay your rent? <laughs> right. Amen to that. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, so it's it's part of that process of understanding mm-hmm. what that freedom is. Now, we got a couple of uh, minutes before the before the uh, we have to take the break. By the way, listeners, mm-hmm. go look up that Liberate Yourself from Classical Karate uh, article by Bruce Lee. Trust me, you will love it. Uh, Bruce mm-hmm. Lee was more than the person who knew how to th- throw kicks. He was exceptionally beautiful with his mind. Exceptionally yeah, beautiful. You know, so... Um, uh, anyway, so one of the things I want to ask you about, and we can pick it up a little bit even more after the break, is one of the things that I discovered 
uh, over this past year was in the midst of the heated uh, election that was, you know, very, bi- you know, that was not bipartisan. It was very divided. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There was a I found out from people like Harv and a couple of other people that there was a lot of conspiracy theories and um, not so subtle uh, racist beliefs being promoted by mm-hmm. um, many new thought leaders because I'm in UFBL mm-hmm. and we're pre- predominantly, um, you know, African American, Caribbean American, right. you know, Black right. Canadian, etc. Right. I wasn't in those circles, so I didn't right. even know that was a conversation until I started mm-hmm. seeing some of my white new thought friends calling other white new thought ministers and teachers out on social media and it blew my yep. mind so we have about yep. two minutes for you to jump into it and then maybe we can pick up on it later like how did uh how, you know were you aware of this conversation and i know you were and uh, how did that impact you <laughs> okay so real quick just as an example there was a an ordained minister that i know who basically posted on her facebook page that it, originally, people of the planet of planet Earth were black and brown people until an alien race from some technologically advanced civilization came to Earth. These were white people who came to Earth, and because of their technology, they used it against the black and brown people, and they are the ones who created white supremacy. Oh. There was no – okay, so that's where it came from. Now, what do we do about it? It was it's not our fault. The aliens a billion years ago brought it to Earth, <laughs> just as an example. Wow. I, I no, don't know, know what to say about that. <laughs> right. And that's just one <laughs> yeah. of many. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, you know, people uh, promoting, you know, election theft, people promoting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, really way out stuff like that. Yeah. And they stand yeah. in front of people on a week to week basis teaching yes. them. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, these people are dangerous. Yes. Yes, it is and, no other and way my to question say it. comes back to, how did you become a minister or a practitioner or a chaplain of any new thought teaching where that wasn't vetted through, where that consciousness wasn't understood or recognized? Because yeah. it, it was it, it was already it, there. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, you know, we do in, in UFBL and we can just pick it up is, you know, um, you know, we we might be small, but we know who we ordain. We Amen. know who we license. You know, there's yeah. some people that I've bumped across in my time here that I can say, oh, that person really knows the theology, but mm-hmm. I would never license them to teach or ordain them as a minister. Right. Because just because you know the information does not mean right. that you should be given the responsibility of standing mm-hmm. in or it or being presented as a leader to, you know, whether it's the ethics or or. You know, they're just a little loony. Right. Sometimes you just have to pull back. And I'm not trying to disrespect anybody when I say this. I'm just saying as a leader, it's a, our responsibility to know who we, we're using our leverage uh, for mm-hmm. to put in front of people. I'm looking at exactly. this time, uh, Dr. Anderson, we need to go to this quick break. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. 
the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before we get back into the show, let me just give my quick commercial. Uh, you can uh, be a part of what Christ Universal Temple is doing simply by tuning in to our live stream every Sunday morning, 1030 a.m. Central Time. We are on our website, www.cutemple.org. We're on our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple. We're on our YouTube page, which is CU Temple, CU and the word temple together. And you can join us every Sunday to get an inspiring lesson, good music, prayer, meditation, and a spiritual service that can impact your life. Also want to remind you that uh, it's not too late. This might the last week for you to sign up for a class in the Johnny Coleman Institute. If you go to our website again, www.cutemple.org, and you go to the classes tab, you'll see a schedule of classes. I'm teaching the class Open Your Mind to Prosperity based upon the classic Catherine Ponder book on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. So if you want to be a part of that, make sure you go on, you register. If you have questions, you can call the church. And ask a question at 773-568-2282 if you have some questions and ask for the Johnny Coleman Institute or call the Institute directly at 773-568-1770. Also want to remind you that we also have Facebook Live lessons every Monday, not every day, Monday through Friday from 12 to about 1230, sometimes a little bit longer central time. So uh, I, along with uh, our assistant minister, the Reverend Marjorie Cook and our COO, Gavin Jackson, we teach lessons based upon the daily inspiration for better living, which is our periodical. So you want to make sure you touch base with that. Reverend Wells teaches uh, his Temple Talks Facebook live uh, broadcast on Facebook. All you have to do is uh, at Reverend Derek Wells and you'll find that lesson and you can be a part of his temple talks. And we also have a consciousness building call every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Time. You can go to our website or our Facebook page to get more information or just call the church to get more information on how you can tune into the many things that we're doing. So we're a busy ministry. With, we're seeking to stay in front of as many people as we possibly can to help you get your breakthroughs, to help you maintain your peace of mind, especially in these challenging times. So. Let's stay in tune. So my guest uh, today is Dr. Raymond Anderson, and we're talking about uh, the evolution of new thought. And uh, I left off with uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Anderson talking about these conspiracy theories and mm-hmm. um, and not so subtle white supremacy that that pops up in uh, the new thought movement. And again, because that's not necessarily my space on a day-to-day basis, I was unaware of it until some of my friends of new thought started to literally screenshot and post what people were saying <laughs> on their social right. media. And it was quite shocking. Uh, so mm-hmm. I just wanted to give you an opportunity to say a little bit more about that. And then I'm going to open the the show up for calls if anybody wants to call in. Cool. Sounds good. So, yeah, I mean, it's just the idea that some people have gotten so, I mean, like the article we started with, new thoughts should not be the safe haven for the comfortable. And what I find is that conspiracy theories are comfortable for many people because it takes accountability away from you. Like, it, it's not me. 
It's like, it's the, it's them. They're conspiring to, you know, take children and, you know, make babies with aliens and it's them. So you're othering and you're putting the problem on someone else. So for a lot of people, that's easy, you know, crystals. And I'm not, this is nothing about, you know, whatever, but I'm saying some people when they're like, it's the crystal. If you get the right crystal, then the problem, get the right crystal and you'll get money, get the right crystal and you'll have a relationship, do this and you'll get that. And this is not a microwave technology or teaching where you can pop a prayer in the microwave for 30 seconds and it pop out as answered prayer. This new thought, honestly, is one of the most challenging ways of being in the world because it calls you to do your work. Find all of the places in you that need to be forgiven. Find all the places within you where you have a bias. Find all of the places, like it's for real. Do your inner work because then when you step out into the world, now who are you being? How are you showing up? We want to make it real quick that it's about, you know, the mystical path and like mysticism is some mystical magical unicorn with wings that you jump on and fly and the world will be great versus recognizing a singer sings and a dancer dances and a chef cooks and a mystic well what does a mystic do a mystic sings and dances and cooks and does laundry and sweeps and shovels and checks the mailbox and goes to the grocery store a mystic is Someone who recognizes their own divinity and they do the same work everyone else does. They don't go to some mountaintop. And so people with these conspiracy theories try to make this teaching, new thought or spirituality in general, like it's an easy placebo of, you know, it's your fault you were raped. It's your fault that you were called the N-word. It's their fault that. You know, if all these people who, who were murderers, rapists, and drug dealers were kept out of the country, then the country would be perfect and great. Like, yeah, no, not quite. doesn't work that way. But it's easier than saying, breathe. How do I step forward and do my work? The, the show right before yours, uh, and I didn't catch the woman's name, but she was talking about the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan says, wait, whoa, 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 dude's playing in the street. What is mine to do? Right. Let me help this person up. Let me make sure they're cared for. Regardless of how I'm perceived, let me do my work. I'm helping them because this is who I am. Right. Like that's, a, that's a much more deep conversation that many of us aren't willing to have. Easy to yeah, conspire. I, yes, yes. It's, uh, I'm sure you've heard the statement around Kung Fu circles. Uh, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Yeah. After enlightenment, chop wood, wood, carry water. Carry water. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know. So as we um, are working with a uh, new thought, uh, when you look at new thought uh, as a theology of the 21st century and beyond, you know, not mm-hmm. where it's not where it was, but where it's going. Right. Uh, how do you feel? What do you feel? New Thought's role is in the transformation of human consciousness going forward. So for me, where I am now, I see New Thought as being very pivotal in the transformation you just talked about. Because we as a philosophy, as a teaching, as a spiritual movement, 
there are many aspects that we are already and have been practicing for a couple of hundred years. Like we've already been very aware of how do you shift your thinking and how do you align what you feel and how does that show up in your body? Like, and how do you walk the walk? So when, when you have people like Brene Brown talking about shame and guilt, well, we've been doing that. When you hear Rhonda Byrne talking about the law of attraction, well, we've been doing that. When you hear all of this stuff, it's like, we've already been doing that. So where we are right now, we are poised for what it's going to take to jump into the next level of evolution as a planet. Like we have, and we know what that means and how to bring it about. But we have to be willing to step from behind the pulpit, step, step out of the, you know, mortar and brick centers and actually engage people in the community. Cause I still hear people refer to new thought as the best kept secret. Like, why are we in the new thought closet? It's time to right. come out. It's time to be what we know we can be in the world. Right, right. One of my uh, teachers, uh, uh, the Reverend Evelyn Boyd, who was, um, you know, still active as a minister, but she was one of Reverend mm -hmm. Coleman's assistant ministers for years. She used to say to us, if you were arrested and brought to court and you were being tried under the court of law mm -hmm. as being for being a new thought practitioner would they mm -hmm. have enough evidence to convict you Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> wow talk about put it in perspective because i know quite a few of our colleagues who would go scot-free wow oh, the thing about it is she would hammer that in us wow. you know when i was you know, many years ago in, you know, and I teach a counselor training pre-ministerial school. And she was like, you know, it's, her position was there's not enough evidence to convict most new thought people. If, if, right. if you say I'm new thought, where's the evidence of how you live? Yep. You're it a says you're a new thought person. And, yep. and, I, and I think that that's a big part of the transformation of, yep. of not just dealing with this at a surface level. And I'm, and again, I'm not, I'm okay with, you know, when people get into new thought, they're trying to figure out how to make life work. And I think if we get away from teaching people how to make life work, then we're not doing what we need to do as ministers. But as people right. start to put their lives together, then they can go deeper if they choose. Right, right. And start realizing right. that the pool, the deep end of new thought is a really deep end. You know, right. the, the, the shallow end is, okay, well, I want to make this quick demonstration. The deeper end right. is you realize that you're an individualized expression of God. Yep. Really realize it, not theoretically. And I think that exactly. that's a part of the conversation that uh, New Thought can't get away from. Uh, so exactly. I, I do want to make sure that I, because we only, you know, believe it or not, we have about 14 minutes left. I do want to talk okay. more about some of the social justice issues. Okay. So. You know, we're seeing so many things happening going on right now. You know, the the, the capital of the United States was sieged, you mm -hmm. know, a few weeks ago. You know, I know there are mm -hmm. people in the country for their own reasons are trying to make us forget that something that horrendous actually right. happened in our country. And it was right. foreseeable. In other words, you could see this coming down the pike if you were paying attention. Right. But even I was right. shocked at the level of of disrespect 
anger and violence that showed up that day. You know, obviously right. we're still seeing, you know, many things that are happening in the world, whether it's the sexism, the racism, mm-hmm. the homophobia, things of that nature. Right. Um, what's the new thought answer for dealing with or what's some of the new thought answer? I want to say is unanswered, but what is right. some of the answers we have for dealing with some of these situations? Well, I think so. A two part thing is it's diving into this teaching in a way that we normally or have not really, really done. So, for example, uh, Yeshua, Jesus, and we refer to him as Jesus, the Christ, rather than Jesus, a Christ, because each and every one of us is and has access to Christ consciousness. So he was not the only one. It's each of us. But it's taking when he said, so look, I did these miracles, and so can you and even greater. Take him to task on that and embody that and say, where and how in my life with this teaching am I called to be a beneficial presence in the world? How do I, whatever my job is, how do I bring, like you said, how do I show up so that I am convicted of being a demonstration of new thought in my job, in my family, in my neighborhood, in the world? Where am I showing up? So that's one. We need to have the conversation within ourselves and do the work and then start having the conversations with others in class, in our centers, our churches, others in our community, our like-minded folks. Start pouring into others so that they can then shift their consciousness in the same way, too. Because if we know we've got an Uncle Bob and Uncle Bob is, you know, he always tells that racist joke or that sexist joke and we don't call him on it, then we're complicit. So as new thought people, it's time to let the complicity go and truly step up and say, this is who I am, and I cannot, not on my watch. I will not stand by and allow this on my watch. That's one. Two, we don't change our languaging. Uh, I stopped a while ago referring to things like positive and negative as if the negative is bad. And you'll get this because you understand as a martial artist Yin, yang. Yin, yang are not opposites. They are complements. Yin is the dark and the feminine and the intuitive. That is not bad. It is not the thing to avoid. Honestly, if you are thinking from that space, then that's actually, you know, I would say, yes, there are times when I engage in negative thinking, meaning I tune into my intuition. I tune into the feminine side. I tune into the dark side of being, knowing that it has a purpose because a battery has a positive charge and a negative charge. You remove the negative charge and all you got is a little thing that does absolutely nothing. It needs the energy of positive and negative protons, neutrons, and electrons. You need the balance of energy. So how do we start engaging the conversation How do we engage the teaching so we stop labeling? This is positive. Positive thinking changes the world, and negative thinking is what ruins the world. No, it's about balance. Open at the top and open at the bottom. A tree reaches its branches towards the sun, but its roots dig deep in the darkness of the earth and is nourished from below and above. Where and how do we, in new thought, stop bypassing and segmenting and malpracticing Throwing these words out there like it's the be-all rather than really pause. Understand, words have power. Let me rewind and choose my words a little bit more carefully. 
don't blame myself for what I may have used before or yesterday. Start today. I can only breathe today. I can't breathe tomorrow and I can't breathe yesterday. Breathe today. Think today. Shift today in this moment and then move forward from there. But we have to do that individually and collectively. Uh, I, I love that. You know, you know, sometimes when people are using language, uh, many times they don't realize how they're using it. And mm-hmm. um, I think that what New Thought was seeking to help people do is shift away from the appearances. And right. sometimes right. shifting away from the appearances turned into ignoring the appearances when you Amen. don't have the consciousness to transform it. Amen. And so what ends up happening is I'm ignoring it, you know, if 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 you know if you're three months behind on your car note, you're still <laughs> three months behind on your car note. I'm not paying exactly. attention to that. I'm not gonna open that bill. I'm not gonna have that in my consciousness. You're, mm-hmm. you're still three months behind on your car note, and you, and and you're driving around making sure that the tow truck isn't coming to get your car. So <laughs> right, <laughs> you know. So mm-hmm. you know Johnny Coleman used to tell us that you can't go downtown to. Uh, uh, what was she? What was she called? It Marshall Fields, which is no longer mm-hmm. in business, and uh, and buy a dress with an affirmation. That was her. True <laughs> <laughs> that. Right. So so wow. She, she so she would tell us as ministers, and obviously I you know, I was ordained in 2002. I was preaching in 2000. I uh, became a licensed teacher in UFBL in '97. So I've been doing this okay. for a while, but not as long as some of my comrades. But one, right, right, when, right. when I first started coming to the ministerial meetings, even before I was ordained, she would all often say, give them the literal, give them the metaphysics, and then go right to the practical. And she would say, if you mm-hmm. have not given them the practical, you have not given them anything. And that stays in my mind, uh, Dr. Anderson, right. because right. I know how easy it is for a person who loves to read like me to be theoretical. You right. know, it's the player. Stop playing with all of these, you know, ways of interpretation, you know, the exegesis right. of this, that and the other. And I haven't right. given anybody anything to work with that so they can transform their lives. I've not done my job. Right. So so her drill down for her people was always if you have not given them the practical application, you've done nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how much right. Bible, you know, I don't know, care right. how many people you can quote. Right. I don't care if you read the book from the front to the back. Have you given you them memorize. something mm-hmm. they can use? Right. You know, right. and and just to be frank, you know, looking back at when she started the ministry, 1956, Jim Crow America, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. was bringing a message to a community that did not have time to play with theory. Right. Right. Exactly. And and yeah, if no, we want to go ahead, go ahead, run that, with it. If we want to extrapolate from that, it's like okay, so where are we today? Because in many ways, like you just talked about the insurrection, we're, today we don't have the time to play with, you know, the teaching with people just sitting in their churches and centers doing affirmations, and that's all. Like I'm, I got very personal with when I lived in Maryland, my governor, senators, the mayor, et cetera. They like they knew me. Because I wanted to make sure that they understood, as a constituent in your area, this is who I am and who I represent and what I represent. I want you to know and understand. Now, apart from that, how can I be of service to you? 
How can, and we don't have to be the same political party, but how can I be of service so that we can make a difference in our city, state, our neighborhood, et cetera? Because otherwise, like you just said, what, what's the point? What's the point in theoretically talking about, you know, water is made of H2O, and water is this substance that, but you got people in your congregation dehydrated and dying of thirst. Right. Okay, that's not going to work. So like you said, it's got to be a practice. How do you bring it to an hour? And I remind folks, spiritual practice isn't just about meditating and affirmations, et cetera. Spiritual practice is when you shop, what is your mindset? How are you showing up in the grocery store? Mm-hmm. Like that's a sacred temple as well, because if God is all there is and it's everywhere, then the consciousness you have when you're shopping, when you're in traffic when someone cuts you off and you're tempted to use that one single magic finger, like that's the consciousness, that's what you're affirming. That's what, so the practice is while in my car in traffic, this is a spiritual practice. It can be, if I choose it to be when I'm in the laundromat practice, when I'm watching the news, what is my practice? How, and what am I called to do? Is it a phone call? Is it an email? Do I need to contact somebody? Do I need to write somebody? Do I need to join in a protest or a march and grab a sign? What is mine to do? Like it comes down to that do, everything, do. Pray and then act. Affirm and then then act. act. You know, it's kind of funny. As you're talking, it reminded me of something that a buddy of mine reminded me of a couple of months ago. Um, And he, he, he brought up that we were in a suburb of Chicago that's not a lot of black people live. And while okay. we were, I was there with his daughter, uh, who's my goddaughter. And while mm-hmm. we were walking into this place, somebody drove by some young white kids called us the N word. Right. And my buddy was ready to Hulk smash. And right. I was like, come on, man, let's go in here. And <laughs> right, right, right. Do. right. And he reminded me of it. He's like, you don't remember that? And I said, oh, yeah, that did happen. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then I said, you know what? And I remember saying to myself, I can let this temporary moment steal my power, steal my peace, mm-hmm. steal my joy. Yep. Uh, disrupt why I'm here, or I can get back on task because they right. don't define me. I define me. Amen. And amen. That's practicing new thought in yep. real time, because yep. again, you know, I'm not saying I'm so holy if that somebody walked up to me and tried to assault me that you know they wouldn't get these hands. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm not saying they would or wouldn't. <laughs> I'm saying right. I don't know. I understand. <laughs> I, I, believe me, I understand. I understand. <laughs> what I am saying is that you have to be in the space to where you are your peace. Mm-hmm. And if you if you are your peace and you're willing to be open and receptive and and also know that you don't know everything. You know, I think mm-hmm. there's a cockiness that goes along with religion, not new thought. Religion right. in general. That makes people right. think they have all the answers because right. I'm a big believer that religion has to, first of all, convince you that something is wrong with you and right. then convince you that they have the only remedy. <laughs> and if right. you buy into that story, now right. anybody that shows up any uh, differently than you do cr- you <laughs> uh, creates right. uh, conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, We mm-hmm. have about a minute uh, left to talk if you want to jump on that a little bit. Well, no, it's just like that's that's the perfect thing is anytime we 
because we play that game of we have the answer. Because I know some New Thought folks that do it too, rather than understanding, uh, like there's a scene in Doctor Strange where the Ancient One is showing Stephen Strange a book with chakras and acupuncture and uh, an MRI, and Stephen is like, what are you doing? And the, the Ancient One says, each of these maps was created by a person who could only see part of the, the truth. What we are here to do is understand the whole. So we in New Thought, we acknowledge and recognize the other religions and the truth that they offer and the way that they present it. However, it's about transcending the limitation and transcending the need to control and oppress people with religion. Religion should be liberation theology. Like every religion should be liberation theology. How does this religion, how does this philosophy, how does this teaching set the people free to such a degree that they don't need the minister or the pope or the nuns or the monk, that they recognize they themselves are it? Right, right. Now, quickly, Dr. Anderson, can you let people know how they can get in contact with you? We have about 30 seconds left before we have to end this call. Yes. Find me on Facebook, Raymont. That's T as in Tom, Raymont Anderson. You can also go to www.raymontanderson.com or find me at cslgreaterbaltimore.com. All right, so we only have a few seconds left. This went way too fast. I, I have my schedule months projected out months ahead, but trust me, I'm going to reach back out to you. We're going to do this again this year sometime. We just have to figure Sounds out how good. to do this, but this has been an absolute pleasure. And um, when the world opens back up, we're going to have to go do some Kung Fu training together. Oh, amen. Yes, yes, uh, amen. Uh, God bless you all. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Take care. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.